This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Well, happy Friday to you. Welcome in Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket here on ESPN Des Moines. Before I get started, uh, you definitely should know that if you are looking for live sports this weekend, Man, oh man, oh man, we got you, all right? We have got plenty of live sports for you coming up this weekend. Uh, beginning tomorrow morning, we've got Drake football, followed by uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. we got the Twins playing. A lot of Twins fans around here in the ALDS. They advance, and, of course, we will have the uh, Michigan and Minnesota battle for the Little Brown Jug. That is uh, all coming your way right here on ESPN Des Moines tomorrow. And then on Sunday, we got an NFL game and more baseball than baseball playoffs all week next week. Good time to be a sports fan. Great time. Finally cold outside. Finally cold outside. Feels like football weather. And that's where we're going to begin with the National Football League. No surprise, NFL yesterday. What is a surprise? And maybe the biggest surprise in the National Football League in week number two, week number two, in month number two, in week five, and heck, I'll go back to week four and even the fourth quarter of week three. This was, remember, think back. Remember when we first learned about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? Remember that? Do you remember who the Chiefs were playing? They were playing the Chicago Bears. They were playing the Bears. And you remember how well Justin Fields did in that game? Not in the beginning. They were getting blown out like 41 nothing, something like that. He threw a touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. And then last week against the Broncos, when they had the epic collapse and the, the giant choke job where they gacked all over themselves, he still threw four touchdowns. And then last night, it was like, okay, Washington's not going to let Justin Fields come in and do that again. What do you do? Threw four touchdowns. The dude, this is not... I am not lying to you when I say this. Justin Fields leads the National Football League in touchdown passes. Now, he's got an extra game on everybody, which is, you know, obvious. But Justin Fields leads the National Football League in touchdown passes. You never would think that. Now, he'll fall back to 7th or 8th or whatever the case may be after... This weekend when Mahomes or who leads right now? Kirk Cousins is right there. But it's Justin Fields. And I am fascinated by the fact that Justin Fields in the last two games and a quarter, two and a half games, has looked not only like a competent quarterback, but a good quarterback. Did not see this coming. And last night, they got the big win. They got the big W. They beat the Washington Commanders yesterday. And they did it on a national in front of a national audience over on Amazon Prime. After the game, Justin Fields on the W. This felt good. 
seeing all the hard work pay off, especially, you know, getting a dub after everything that's, you know, happened this year, you know, everything in the media, everything on the outside, just, just, it's just feels good when you can say that the hard work paid off. So again, I'm, I'm proud of everybody in the building. I love everybody on my team, players, coaches, oh. shoot, oh. everybody upstairs. Everybody. I'm not even knowing, but I love y'all. Oh, I loves everybody. Justin Fields just loves everybody. Remember, it was two and a half weeks ago. He was blaming coaching for his craptastic play. Now he loves everybody, even the front office people and their secretaries that he's never met. He loves everybody. <laughs> you know, it was a smart move, uh, getting the football to DJ Moore. Not a bad play. Usually, when you sacrifice so much, you get out of the number one pick to, to bring in, basically, it was the number one pick for DJ Moore. Some other stuff was in there, too, I know. But really, the key factor was the number one pick and DJ Moore. Last night, Eight catches, 230 yards receiving for DJ Moore, and not one, not two, but three touchdowns. Thankful for him, to be honest. He makes my job way easier. So uh, if he showed up tonight, eight catches for 230, like that's that's a crazy stat right there. So um, he, he definitely did his thing tonight for sure. Yeah, I would say he did his thing. Yeah, Justin Fields, DJ Moore connected. I, uh, I'm just, I, I'm watching this game myself, right? And I'm thinking, this can't be the same guy that I saw throw every pass behind the line of scrimmage for two and a half weeks. And it's it. the weird thing about all of this is, and I still don't think Justin Fields is a great NFL quarterback, all right? I don't think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. I, I think something funky happens when you play two of the worst defenses. At least Denver was a terrible defense, and I don't know what was going on with Washington yesterday. But it, it, it's amazing to me how much better a guy can look when the game plan is get the ball to my number one wide receiver. Anytime we can get him the ball, you know, get him the ball. Because one, one, he's a great receiver. We all know that. Two, just with the football in his hands, you know, he's able to make guys miss. You know, like you saw in that. I think he had like a 10-yard stop right or whatever. Caught it, made the corner miss, broke a tackle. So um, anytime you can get him the ball, you know, it's, it's always going to be good for, good for us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought getting the ball to DJ Moore would have been a good idea? Did Luke Getze just learn that? Did Justin Fields just learn that? I mean, you brought him in. You paid a big price to bring him in for a reason. And and now it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? If we throw the ball his way, he's going to make plays because he looked like an all-world receiver yesterday. After the game, Matt Eberflus, head coach of the Bears, in the locker room. Win the physical battle. Did you do that? Yes, okay. Yeah. okay. All right, did you do the basics? Did we block and finish? Did we tackle and finish? Yes, yes we did. Did we win the ball? Yes, sir. yes we did. Yes, sir. Right? And I said, when we do that right, it will be right. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, sir. That's what we did. Now, the reason you're able to do this, fellas, is go through all this hard adversity, right? Okay? Is because of the relationships we built. Yes, sir. Okay? Because we're tight. Yes, and we've always been tight. And we're going to remain tight. Yes, okay? You guys did a great job. Now, we had momentum last week, right? And it poured into this week, didn't it? Yes, sir. Right? And it's going to yes. keep going. Yes, sir. That's called momentum. It is called momentum. And you wouldn't say that the Chicago Bears have momentum very often. Now, I believe they played a team that didn't take them serious in the Denver Broncos, coming off a 70-point game two weeks ago. I believe the Commanders, probably not expecting Chicago to carry any momentum in because the Bears have mostly sucked this year, Right. I also believe the ghost of Dick Butkus, RIP to what a legend, the ghost of Dick Butkus found himself inside Justin Fields' arm, spiritually transferred himself into Justin Fields' arm, and things worked out well for Chicago last night. 
I am still, it's going to be an amazing situation to watch, isn't it? If you're a Bears fan or even if you're not a Bears fan, if you're like me and you're a Packers fan and you're a Bears hater, it's still going to be incredible to watch this entire situation play itself out because what do you know about Justin Fields in three years? Is this it? Was last night the aberration or is last night the sign of things to come? I would not want to be Ryan Poles. I would not want to be Matt Eberflus. I would not want to be inside that building, Hallis Hall, trying to figure out what to do with this guy. Especially because, as Chris Canty mentioned, uh, you know, you're going to hear from one of our morning show guys here. Last draft, you passed. You could have had anybody. You could have had Bryce Young. You could have had C.J. Stroud. You could have had Will Levis. You could have had Anthony Richardson. You could have gone with a quarterback. You didn't. So if you believe that Justin Fields was the guy, you passed on those quarterbacks. Coming up, everybody knows the top two guys in the draft next year are Caleb Williams and Drake May. Two guys that everybody believes will become stars in the National Football League. Our own Chris Canty says Chicago should move on from Justin Fields. They should trade him. Justin Fields' value across the league won't be higher than what it is right now. And if you've already made the decision that this guy, based on what's available in the draft this upcoming year and based on what you've seen over the last two and a half years, if you've made the decision that you might want to think about potentially move on from Justin Fields, if that even is something that you're continuing to entertain after you passed on all the quarterbacks in the 2023 draft class, then you have to absolutely make that decision now. You can't jeopardize him getting hurt and not getting the return on the investment. Because if Fields, Fields does get hurt, all of a sudden, you, you've, you've got this busted quarterback with a knee or a leg or whatever, and I'm not wishing injury on anyone. I, would, I hate when people do that. So maybe you sell high, but a counter to that is this. It is not easy to just trade a quarterback midseason, and Justin Fields is not going to come in and save any other franchise. You know, Kirk Cousins... Probably because we know Kirk is good for 35 touchdown passes a year. Whether or not you trust him in the clutch, whatever. But if Cousins, let's just take the Jets because we know what happened with Aaron Rodgers, right? You put Kirk Cousins on the Jets. That's a team that can get to the playoffs. Maybe win a playoff game. Kirk's 1-1. You put Justin Fields on the Jets. Think about what you know of Justin Fields. Not the last 24 hours, but the last 24 months. What do you know about Justin Fields? Inaccurate, can't throw, a lot of screens, good, great legs. Maybe the best legs in the National Football League. Maybe. If you're a Lamar guy, whatever, I don't care. You understand what I'm saying. Justin Fields does not make you a Super Bowl contender when you flip the roster, flip him to a different roster. I don't know if Kirk Cousins does or any other quarterback that might be on the trade block right now, but the point is it's very difficult to flip a quarterback to a team that's like, man, we're a quarterback away. Mid-season. You can do it in the off-season. Happens from time to time. The other benefit to, to keeping Fields around is you still have that fifth-year option, right? Like, you still can pick up that fifth-year option, and he's an affordable quarterback for you for the future. I don't know what the right answer is, and it's going to be an incredible conundrum. Is that the right word? A great story to watch coming out of Chicago. What will the Bears do? I mean, as of right now, before we go to break, uh, I want to play number eight on here, please. Jonathan Hood, who does a radio show on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, he kind of answered this by saying, look, Fields right now after last night and the rest of the year, this is not a playoff team, most likely, but we'll see. 
He's their guy for right now. I think they found their guy for the rest of the season because you don't have to necessarily make a deal right now. I think that at the end of the season, you could make a determination whether or not Justin Fields is the guy or not. You have an entire season to find out if they can turn the corner. Will it be a winning season? No, but you'll know whether or not Justin's the guy, thumbs up or thumbs down at the end of this. Yeah, you know how it's like, oh, he's not Mr. Right, but he's Mr. Right now. So you just, I think last night, I think last night, just bought Justin Fields six more months in Chicago, or at least, do the math, 12 more games in Chicago. They weren't going to bench him, I don't think. But I think we're, they, they just opened up a little more of a period to learn about Justin Fields with the effort he had last night, combined with the effort he had against the Broncos, combined with the end of that Chiefs game. Again, Justin Fields has thrown, what, nine touchdowns in the last two and a half games or eight touchdowns in the last two and a half games? Maybe there's something there. I still don't believe it, but it's the National Football League. Any chance you see it at an opening... Maybe you investigate it. You got to be a little bit patient. The clock is ticking on this guy because the draft is coming up with two incredible talents at the top. And the Bears, remember, have the top two picks in the draft next year. Right now, Bears have their pick and Carolina, who, by the way, Carolina has the odds on uh, best chance to win the lottery. I win the lottery to be at the top of the draft coming up next year. Quick break coming up. They're coming back. And why are they coming back? It's because you are awesome. I'll explain next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. all of this is they have the Panthers pick and that throws a unique dynamic into this because the Panthers right now have the single best chance at the number one overall pick which means the Bears get their pick theoretically you could split the difference you could let him play out the rest of the season if he's your guy you use the Panthers pick and your pick for something else if he's not your guy you still may end up with the number one pick in the draft the guy we saw last night feels like the guy. This is where this is an impossible question and where I think that that Panthers pick plays a huge role because if they only had one pick, I'd say he's not the guy. Because they have two, I'd let it play out a little bit. That is, that's Evan Cohen. Mornings right here on ESPN Des Moines, part of Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty and Michelle Smallman. Now, do I think... See, here's some... Sometimes I think our my radio brethren, the guys doing these shows especially the one I'm interrupting right now, Carlin versus Joe. Um, Sometimes I think they get in their pre-show meeting and one guy says, all right, Carol, it's like, like you and I, we're doing a pre-show meeting. You know, that pre-show meeting, that stuff that we do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, And I think they'll say, all right, you need to say trade Justin Fields. And I'm going to say, I want to wait and see, but I want to keep Justin Fields. That's sometimes where I believe the dynamic goes with a lot of these shows. Mm. A little secret there. It's absolutely true, by the way. But there is a massive decision to be made in Chicago. This is Wicket's World, by the way. My name is Mike Wicket here on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Uh, We will get to our buddy Shark coming up in just a bit because We have special guests coming back to Des Moines next September. And the reason that we have these special guests coming back to Des Moines next September is because people like you are awesome. 
and support really cool stuff when we get it here in Des Moines. And that's what makes Des Moines a destination city. We'll get to that coming up here in a bit. But back to the Chicago Bears. And we're going to do number nine right here next coming up here, Kara. They get a win. They've looked good for seven of the last eight quarters or six of the last eight quarters they've played. They they got so banged up yesterday, and I don't want to say they were trying to give that game away. It looked like they were just trying to survive because Washington was making this big comeback. Uh, here's Dan Graziano from ESPN giving some props to the Bears. You've got to tip your cap to this embattled coaching staff. Can you imagine what it's like to lose 14 NFL games in a row? I mean, can you even imagine? No. And people are talking about around the league, would Matt Eberflus get fired if they lost this game? I mean, that, that was really out there. So they have nothing on the offensive line. They have nothing in the secondary, shredded by injuries. By the end of the game, they were out of running backs. Three running backs got hurt in the game and, and couldn't come back in. And yet they still managed to play with more heart and more fire and more effort than the home team did last night. Whatever the future is, I think you have to really be impressed with the way they've come back from 0-3, 0-4 start. You know, I heard an incredible stat. I got to check the validity of this right before we came on the air. I think Joe Fortenbaugh said it during uh, Carlin versus Joe. He said the Washington Commanders dropped back 55 times in a row. That can't be right. It felt like 55 times in a row but they ab completely abandoned their running game when they're making this comeback. And look, I like Sam Howell. I think we like Sam Howell. He's got a little Brett Favre in him, right? But you can't put the hopes of a 21-point comeback in the hands, all right, of Sam Howell. Especially when he's not targeting his top two uh, wide receivers in Scary Terry and Jahan Dotson enough. I mean, he's throwing to Logan Thomas, nice tight end. He's throwing to Curtis Samuel, good wide receiver three. He's throwing to his running backs in the check down, I guess. But when you need to make chunk plays and get in the end zone, you got to throw the ball to your guys, all right? You got to throw the ball to Jahan Dotson. You got to throw the ball over to uh, Terry McLaurin. That's just the way that it is. So that's, you know, that's the take on the Bears. Like, I. Imagine being a Bears fan right now versus where you were 24 hours ago. Because I think Bears fan coming out of the game against Denver where fields looked good, right? Because th the season doesn't matter for Chicago this year. All that matters is they have to figure out if Justin Fields can play. Kind of like they're, my team up in Green Bay, right? My expectation for the Packers is if they sneak in the playoffs, great. I do not have high expectations for the Green Bay Packers this year because they are breaking in a new quarterback, right? This season doesn't really matter. I'm not angry. Remember, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. That's the way I feel after Packers losses so far this year. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. But I know, I know there are good things coming down the road, probably in 2024, maybe late this year, but into 2024, right? So as long as Jordan Love looks good for Green Bay, by the time we get to Christmas, and he already looks good in my opinion. His offensive line got just pushed around against Detroit. That defense is soft and is as holy as the Swiss cheese, man. It's horrible. Joe Barry calls some of the worst defensive plays in the nat and formations in the National Football League. But this is all about love. This isn't about, oh, th this guy or that. It's literally about love. Can they put together a three-game win streak? I don't care. How does love look? That's the way it is in Chicago. I think you know the season is pretty much over if you're a Bears fan. 
what you want to see is, can Justin Fields play at this level? I don't think he's going to play at four touchdowns game level, but can Justin Fields look like a competent quarterback in the National Football League over the next six weeks, eight weeks? God help you if you're a Bear fan, 12 weeks, right? Because if you can't, then you don't do that next-year option. You move on from fields. You try to flip him in the uh, the offseason, whatever it is. And if he can't, that means you're probably picking near the draft. You own your pick. You own the Panthers' pick. You could be one and two. You could go ahead and hit the reset button, draft Caleb Williams, the quarterback from USC, and then Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver out of Ohio State, pair him with DJ Moore. Darnell Mooney finally plays the role of the three, which is what he's born to play. Now you might have something in the next few years if you're the Chicago Bears. That, that I think, is more likely than anything. But, hell, what happens if Fields throws four against uh, Minnesota next week? Minnesota's defense is pretty terrible. You can see it, right? What happens if Justin Fields throws 12 touchdown passes over the next four weeks? And all of a sudden, he's leading the league in quarterback rating. Can you move on from him? Is this fool's gold? What do you do? You going to flip him at the trade deadline? I, it's such a tough, tough decision and such an important one for the Bears. There is no more important position in sports than quarterback. And if you have one that can play at a Pro Bowl level, you got a shot to win titles. Is this the real fields? Or is the guy we saw for the last three years the real fields? Or two years, the real fields, or whatever it was. Don't know. Do not know. I do know that that draft class is Trevor Lawrence and everybody else right now, right? Like Trey Lance, bust so far. Justin Fields, up until last night, bust. Zach Wilson, bust. Mac Jones, bust. Remember how great that quarterback class was supposed to be? A lot of garbage. Once you get past Trevor Lawrence, a lot of garbage. All right, coming up, we're going to try to check in with the Shark once again. Uh, we are going to welcome some good friends back to Des Moines next summer. I'll explain next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. Hello, happy Friday! Finally, feels like fall outside. We are waiting on our special guest. Until we get to that point, I do want to talk about the biggest sports story in Iowa all week. You thought it was Cade McNamara blowing out his knee for the football team. No, unfortunately for Cade. And by the way, I feel terrible for Cade McNamara. I feel bad for Iowa fan. I feel good for Deacon Hill, who now gets to find out, you know, can he play at the collegiate level? Because he'll get the start coming up tomorrow, homecoming against Purdue. But you got to feel terrible for, uh, for Iowa quarterback Cade McNamara. One more year of eligibility. I assume he stays at Iowa. I haven't heard anything different at this point. Iowa did win that football game. It's one of those where if you watch Iowa play, you're like, how'd that? But that happens a lot, I think, if you're an Iowa, if you're an Iowa fan. You're like, how do we win? How, how did Iowa win that game? Because nothing about it made sense. They got outplayed. The quarterback got injured. But they won. That's all that matters, is that they won. But the biggest sports story in the state of Iowa this week, not basketball media day for the men, 
Basketball Media Day for the Iowa women's basketball team. They are, specifically, of course, one of them. They are one of the feature attractions for women's basketball this year at the collegiate level. And probably all over. Let's be real here. I don't know what... I know the WNBA finals are about to tip off. I think, and I'm not a WNBA fan, but I think I heard a promo on this radio station. I think it's New York and Vegas. Maybe. Could be. Kira? Sure, maybe. All right, we'll go with that. I want to know what the TV ratings are for the WNBA. Average it out if you want, or even championship night. And I would like to see what the WNBA ratings are versus the Iowa game against South Carolina and the Iowa game against LSU. Because I got a feeling the college game, Drew Moore, is going to have the bigger number. Drew more eyes than the professional game will. I know it'll be that way here, obviously, here in Iowa. But nationally, there is no bigger rock star in, in women's basketball than Caitlin Clark. And I, I would argue she is the most popular female athlete in the country. Can you think of another female athlete who is more popular, who gets more attention, and who is better at their sport than Caitlin Clark? I have one answer. Simone Biles. That's it, right? There's no nobody else comes close to what Simone Biles does as a gymnast and to what Caitlin Clark does on the basketball court. And this week, the circus was in town to hear Caitlin Clark speak. And I I love my brothers and sisters in the media, and I sometimes scratch my head. I'm like, really? They couldn't wait five minutes into Caitlin Clark speaking without asking about her fifth year. Because of COVID, she gets the extra year. She could come back after this season. She had to come back this year. She could declare for the WNBA draft after this season, or she could go back to Iowa for one more year. She's about to break the all-time leading scoring record in about pacing-wise, late February, early March. She needs about 800 points to break the NCAA scoring record, which is incredible. Obviously, if she comes back for a fifth year, she will blow that number out of the water. But Let's hear what she had to say. Here's Caitlin Clark when she was asked about coming back, making her decision for her fifth year. I'm going to know when I need to know if I want to stay or if I want to go. And I think it was very similar to my college decision. It feels weird. I feel like I'm in like the recruiting process in a way again. It's really not something that I think about every single day. It's not something that I let weigh on me. It's like I'm focused on helping this team. The biggest thing is like I'm just going to trust my gut. I'm not going to like do research on what's better and all this stuff and find data. Like I'm just going to trust my gut and go with that. And I think that's the most telling thing. And that was the most telling thing for me in my recruiting process. I knew there was a lot of really good options but in my heart I wanted to be here and that's why I selected this place and I think it's going to be the same when I you know make the decision to stay here or leave let me translate that for you all right she gone she's gone and I don't want to disrespect anyone who believes that Iowa is the greatest place in the world to live but I'm gonna tell you right now Caitlin Clark ain't coming back unless there's catastrophic injury that happens and even then she's going to be the number one pick in the draft She will be the number one pick in the WNBA draft. And here's what I always get from people. Wicked, she makes more money with NIL in Iowa City than she does for her WNBA salary. And you're right. It's pathetic, but 
WNBA players make very little, minuscule amounts compared to their male counterparts. And with all due respect to the WNBA, it's probably right. Eyes, money generated, who fills arenas. I, I, I'm not trying to be a sexist pig here, but more look at the TV ratings. Look at who's filling 82 games a year at 30 different arenas. All right. Should they make more? Absolutely, they should make more, but they don't. But someone's going to say to me, Wicked, that Nike money she's got, that NIL Nike money that she's got, she's going to stay at Iowa City. You don't think Nike or Under Armour or Reebok, is Reebok still a thing? You don't think that Nike or Under Armour or anybody is chomping at the bit to pay her money and be the face of the WNBA? It's cool to be a really good college basketball player. It's awesome. Iowa City's a wonderful place. Kira, you been to Iowa City? Was just there. See? Kira was just in Iowa City. <laughs> Drove by the campus. It was no, beautiful. It's a nice place, right? Yeah. Iowa City's a wonderful place. I'm sure Iowa grad is listening to me in their car, driving around Des Moines right now, or watching us on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, and is like, I love Iowa City. I do too. It's not professional sports life. All right. And she's sort of living that quasi pro-life. I, I put up a, a picture on Twitter where she's doing a little promo with Jimmy Butler on her right and Reggie Miller on her left. And I'm like, that's it. That's Himmy, Reg, and the goat right there. Nike will pay her a lot of money in the WNBA. Nike, Reebok, Under Armour, Coke, Pepsi, whoever. All of these advertisers will be lining up and already are to pay Caitlin Clark to rep their products when she is the face of women's basketball. She might be the face of women's basketball right now, but she will be the face of women's professional basketball for a decade or however long she wants to play. She is that good. And as great as Iowa City is, as much as we love, go Hawks, right? Go Hawks. She has the opportunity to go be a professional, which was her dream as a kid growing up in West Des Moines. That's what she wants to do. She is gone. I will be, it will shock me more than anything in sports has ever shocked me if Caitlin Clark returns for her senior, or her fifth year. All right, she's gone. And I want to watch her play in the Big Ten, and I hope for Iowa fans' sake, I hope you get to watch uh, your favorite player play for another year. But it makes no sense whatsoever. She would have been the number one pick a few months ago in the WNBA draft. When it wasn't eligible. She is gone. I know that sucks to hear. And people still holding out hope. And someone said, well, Wicket, look at Caleb Williams. You know, the, the comparison. I just talked about the quarterback from USC. He's already put out a list. He wants to pull an Eli. He says he can go back to USC and make more money playing quarterback for USC, and he's going to dictate where he goes. And he wants to go to five teams, and the Cowboys, and uh, the Raiders, and the Giants, and Vikings are on that list for whatever reason. You've seen the meme. Maybe you've seen it on social media. Has anyone heard Caleb Williams actually say that? Or is it a source told somebody, and they put it up on a picture, and that picture became a meme, and then it was on your news feed? I haven't heard Caleb Williams say anything about that. Nothing about that. All right? Caleb Williams has not spoken about that. And he probably shouldn't speak about that. Caleb Williams would be an idiot 
to skip out on going pro and going back to USC. You jeopardize your entire NFL career by taking a year off or not getting to the league. All right? It would be a massive mistake for him not to go pro. And that's why all of these people telling me, oh, Caleb Williams, Caleb, Caleb's going to go pro. Caleb's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft next April. Caitlin Clark will go pro, and she will be the number one pick in the upcoming WNBA draft. She's that good, and she will not want to miss out on this opportunity. All right? Who knows what happens? She goes back to Iowa City. She blows out a knee. Now she's two years removed by the time that gets back, and she could have been the WNBA's number one pick. Now there's some doubt. Now she's a year older. No, no. And anybody who would give her any advice of stay in Iowa. Look, I love Iowa. All right. My brother-in-law went to Iowa. He also went to Iowa State, but that's a different story. He went to Iowa. He graduated from Iowa. Didn't graduate from Iowa State. He graduated from Iowa. I know plenty of my good friends who went to Iowa. It's a wonderful, wonderful school. It's not that pro-life. She gets drafted by the New York Liberty. She gets drafted by a team in Vegas. She gets drafted by a team in Los Angeles. Where would you rather live? Take politics out of your head. Calm down. Where would you rather live? Big city life, pro-life, traveling, WNBA style, or Iowa City. Just the way that it is. All right? She's going to be number one. You know, there's. I think what we're all waiting for is we're getting ready for this season to start. And by the way... Do you realize that a week from tomorrow, the W I'm sorry, the, the Iowa women's basketball team plays a game at Kinnick Stadium? Yeah. It's called the crossover at Kinnick. They're playing an exhibition against DePaul. So if you want to catch her, you can see her. All right. Might be the only time because that whole joint, that whole building, that basketball arena, Carver Hawkeye, sold out. <laughs> it's done. Maybe you can see her at the well when they play down here for that double dip. What is that in December? I think is when that is happening. But the crossover at Kinnick is happening a week from tomorrow in, in Iowa City. And that might be a, a, the best. I love these weird outdoor games. But you got to worry and you got to watch out for this. Condensation. I remember about a decade ago, they started playing these early men's games on aircraft carriers. Or on boats. And I'm like, what are we doing? And it was a salute to our veterans and those who serve in our military. And we love you. And there was a game, and this is when I was working in Milwaukee. And there was a game Marquette was playing. I think they were playing Duke, but I can't quite remember the opponent. But it was in South Carolina at sunset. Do you understand the amount of humidity in the air in South Carolina at sunset in November? It's different than it is up here and in the upper Midwest, all right? They showed these dudes running and sliding like it was ice. They had to cancel the game. They could not get the court dry enough because of the moisture in the air getting on the court. I worry about that for the safety of all of the players a week from tomorrow at Get Kinnick. That's why outdoor games are fun. You get away with them often. They, we see them in, uh, in, in usually in Southern California, right? That's where they get done and get done the best. But the condensation, the moisture on the court, one slip, boom, I would keep Caitlin Clark out of that game. It's an exhibition. Doesn't affect the season. I know that's what people are going to go there to see. But there is so much at stake playing an outdoor game. I mean, look at it right now. It's wet outside. It's wet. It's 50 degrees and wet. It rained all day here. Every surface outside is wet right now. You better hope that the weather turns and it's like 75 for a couple of days leading up to that one. One more soundbite before we go.
So Caitlin Clark is going to be the number one pick in the WNBA draft. You know who is angry that she has been uh, mock drafted eighth overall in the WNBA draft? Angel Reese. Do you remember Angel Reese from LSU? The Bayou Barbie? You can't see me. She went up, pointed at the ring to Caitlin at the end of the national championship game. She is mocked eighth, and she's upset about it. So she's being asked about her rivalry with Caitlin Clark and everything that happened. And shout out to Angel Reese for saying all the right things. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I love Caitlin. We've been competing since we were in AAU. I mean, AAU days, we've always competed. I remember she was at all Iowa Tech, and we used to play each other in AAU. And it was always fun and always competitive. One day, hopefully, me and her can be teammates because, I mean, she is a great player and a great shooter and a great person and a great teammate. And understanding that the world is going to have to – they always put a good, a good girl and a bad girl. And just understanding that that's just what it is. It's just going to be what it is. And I'll take that I'm going to be the bad guy, but I know I've grown women's basketball and I know I'm being positive and I know that I've inspired people so people can think what they think I know me and Caitlin we, we've been cool I've never we've never had any issues so just knowing that I'll grow women. there's a, a, a brewing rivalry between Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and I think we all want to see what would happen if Iowa played LSU again now I believe LSU would win again because they're just the better team you take Angel Reese off that team LSU still makes the tournament you take Caitlin Clark off this Iowa team, they win eight games. It's just the difference. Great team, great player. That's just the difference in the two. And then there's that team up in UConn. I think they get, what's her name, Paige Eckers or Paige Bukers, and I apologize for getting her last name wrong. Those three teams. And by the way, LSU added the best transfer in the country, uh, the Van Zant girl from Louisville, the girl that Caitlin Clark did this to allegedly walking off the court that you can't see me. Uh, Van Zant, I can't think. I'm really bad with names today. Like those three schools right now, probably a South Carolina. That could be your final four coming up when we get to March. All right, I am going to switch gears. We are going to talk about the special guests coming to Des Moines. We'll get to that. It's kind of cool to hear that we got picked again. I'll explain next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Be, you wouldn't be playing this for any particular reason, would you, Kara? I don't know, Wicked. <laughs> uh, I, I will. Okay, I saw Beetlejuice the musical this week. All right, yeah, I saw Beetlejuice the musical earlier this week. It was really strange. All right, it was very strange. Welcome in, by the way. Uh, 1021 FM, 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. So, plot twist, and I'm not ruining anything because if you're going to go see Beetlejuice the Musical, you learn in the very first minute that they have taken some liberty with the movie. Have you seen the movie? Have you seen Beetlejuice? My mother has not. I know. I talked to her on the phone the other day. She said, I never saw the movie. You never saw Beetlejuice? It came out in 88. So... The mom in the movie, played by Catherine O'Hara, 
Is that right? Catherine O'Hara? Is that her name? She's the, the mom on Schitt's Creek. She's dead. All right. In the film. She di- she's not even in the movie or in the, in the, uh, the play. She's dead. That's how they start the film at her funeral. Okay. They even call out going away from source material, which is pretty funny. And then in this one, the girl, uh, Lydia, who was played by Winona Ryder, but not in the play. Her goal in this movie is now to go to go bring her mother back. All right. So then she has to choose sides of Beetlejuice or the character that was played by Alec Baldwin. I can't think of their names. And it's a good, it's, but there's a lot of, a lot of singing, some chorus language. And I don't care who you vote for politically. One side takes a beating. Okay. You can just leave that as it is. And if that stuff offends you, coarse language and a little bit of politics injected into the play, then stay away from Beetlejuice the musical. But it was hilarious. It was really good. It's really, really good. Strangest musical I've ever seen. Second act, a little slow. The, the girl in the movie, I don't know her name. She's graduated high school like two months ago, and she's the lead in this play. She's fantastic. Um, it's really a good, a good musical. So I think it's at the Civic Center for a few more days. That place was packed. It was really full. If you did not see, we're going to play the the big announcement there. The picking of Des Moines. If you did not see it, the Savannah Bananas held their draft once again. Remember, they were here a couple of weeks ago, and they played their two games at Principal Park, and they were both jammed with banana fans. Well, they had their draft to announce the 2024 World Tour, and guess who made the cut? With the next pick in the 2024 Banana Ball World Tour Draft, the Savannah Bananas select... Des Moines, Iowa! Excellent work, Noah. Excellent work, Caroline. Of course, we are going back to Principal Park, which saw over 21,000 jam-packed into the home of the Iowa Cubs, AAA affiliate of our good friends, the Chicago Cubs. And boy, oh boy, the Bananas won the first game. They were one win away from taking the tour. And then the party animals started the most incredible run I've literally ever seen in sports. I'm still not sure that we've seen more milestones in a two-game span than we saw in Des Moines. The 500-trick play of the tour was recorded. The first out of the ball game, and six individual innings were thrown in under two minutes. DJ the Invader threw a 57 second inning. That's all it took him to get three outs. Yeah, when I think of Iowa, I think of the field of dreams and that baseball connection. Des Moines being a sleeper city. We don't talk about Des Moines, Iowa's being a powerhouse. Everybody who visits talks about its big energy. That was no exception last year. Why we're returning this year. Oh, it was one of our favorites. I mean, you got the farmer's market on Saturday. The bait shop was incredible. Uh, There's a whole lot more of Des Moines that I am fired up to be exploring. And they will be coming back in September, the 6th, the 7th, and the 8th. Three games, three banana games against the party animals. Uh, coming up in September, which is awesome. You know, I, I realize that we're a growing city. We are a city that doesn't have, you know, we don't have a, a major professional sports team. And we're often overlooked for big concerts, right? We don't get Metallica. Metallica is going to go to Minneapolis. Metallica is going to go to Kansas City. Metallica is going to go to Chicago. And here we are. Like, we're, that's just, that's the burden that we bear. But when stuff does come here, what I love so much about this town, and I mean this not like to sound cheesy and suck up on the radio, people turn out. People turn out. Look at the NCAA tournament that was just at Wells Fargo Arena. 
it had the highest average attendance of any of the other sites in the opening rounds of the NCAA tournament. Because, uh, granted, we got some help from Kansas fan. Kansas fans all came up from Lawrence in the Kansas City area, sure. But when this city gets ready for the NCAA tournament, it fills up. When you bring the Savannah Bananas here, it fills up. Like, this city is always looking for a good time, always knows a good time when they see it, and with the bananas coming back, I mean, I don't know how any of the selection process works. I was hoping to get my guy Shark on. He's the voice you hear at the game. So he's busy, unfortunately, with having lunch with his wife, he said, whatever. But I don't know the process of how they select these different places to go. So when you sit down and they meet with either the, the guys over at Principal Park, and we love those guys, and the iCubs, and the city, and city officials, and the planning, and Catch Des Moines, and all the everybody that is involved when it comes to making a big event happen. They have to look at attendance and every, I mean, there's a reason why we keep getting good stuff. I wish we got the NCAA tournament more, but we get it when we can. You know, there are other events that are coming in and out of Des Moines all the time. So shout out to everybody who went to the Savannah banana games. I was supposed to go. Do you know what happened? Remember we had shark in here and the dancing umpire. Remember I had tickets to the game. We had a sitter. We were going to go. Saturday morning, I woke up and tested positive for COVID. Oh, wicked. Twice in like two minutes. I'm like, this is real. (laughs) This isn't a fake COVID. It's not a false positive. So I tested positive for COVID the morning of the Savannah Banana Games. uh, The Saturday game. We had tickets. My wife and I were going to go. Brutal. Didn't want to bring that to Principal Park. Yeah. You know, didn't want to do that. So I hope what I think, what I selfishly believe is when I text Shark, the voice of the bananas that morning, because I, I text you, I text everybody because like, I, I was in this room with you, this tiny little closet. <laughs> I had to text everybody I was near to be like, hey, I got COVID. You might want to start testing. I think Shark called the bananas and said, we got to go back to Des Moines for Wicked. Do you believe, do you think so? I you, think so. You think so? I, I totally yeah, believe that. I think so. No, I, I'm going to just go with it. <laughs> I'm just going to believe it that the bananas are coming back for me so I can be at that game, at one of the three games. You know, the reason, uh, I bet the reason why they added a third game is so you could have like a private little, private my, my own game? Yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they want to make money on it. <laughs> I don't think it's just going to be, all right, batter up, bananas, entertain me. And then my feet are up. <laughs> And I'm the only person at Principal Park. Yeah, that'd be great. I love to have the. It'd be kind of weird though, right? Like they're doing all their goofy antics and their trick plays, and the umpires dancing, and you're the only person behind home plate. <laughs> you hear very far away, like. <laughs> and you're the only one. They come down the stairs, like the through the crowd, and it's just you. <laughs> it would be very, very strange. Give. Can, do we have time to call Shark right now? He just texted me. Do we uh, have time? I bet we do. All right, see, call him right now. Uh, he ju- literally says, I can go right now if you can. I mean, why not? We'll squeeze it in. Whatever. We're going to call Shark. He is the voice of the Savannah Bananas. We'll call him right now. We'll get two minutes. Want to hear why, why they're coming back to Des Moines? Because I know that he had never been to Des Moines. He's from, I think, from Pennsylvania, and he had spent some time in South Carolina, obviously, where the bananas are down there in Savannah, Georgia. We got Shark? All right, cool. Let's bring on Shark. 
He is the voice of the Savannah Bananas. Shark is with us. Shark, uh, I love that you guys are coming back to Des Moines. Thank you for the time. Why are you coming back to Des Moines? Des Moines was very good to us, Wicket. So we're uh, we're very happy to be coming back. And uh, yeah, next September it's on once again. And the cool thing, the cool thing, and I got I got to pull this up so I don't sound like an idiot. I got to make sure and double check what I'm, <laughs> what I'm about to say. Um, we're doing a we're doing a three game set in Des Moines. So everybody who you know wasn't able to come around, uh, you know, time we we're here. Hopefully everybody that that wants to come. Uh, gets an extra game uh, with the banana. So yeah, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday is going to be amazing. And, you know, I've told everybody this uh, Des Moines really surprised me as far as, you know, I had no idea what to expect about the city itself, the crowd, the, you know, the atmosphere, what it would be like. And after being there, um, it was definitely one of the highlights of the tour to me personally. And I know a lot of our guys like it as well. So we can't wait to come back and, and rock it out. So it's going to be a good time. The farmer's market, man, was off the chain. One of the best <laughs> farmer's markets I've ever been to. By far. It was awesome. I, so yeah, we're, selfishly, we're Shark, I believe that you, upon getting my I got COVID text, the morning of the game that you gave me tickets to go to, I believe yeah. you went to your bosses, you went to the owner, and you went to the people at Principal Park and the people that catch Des Moines, and you said, we got to go back to Des Moines for Wicket. So Wicket can go to the freaking game. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I was heartbroken. Down. Yeah, that's how it went down. No, dude, I was so bummed that you weren't able to go. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're safe. I'm glad you lived through the COVID. Right. I'm, that was my second glad, bout with it. I'm glad that you and, uh, uh, yeah, I'm glad we get to, to do it again next year. So hey, we're going to uh, we're gonna go. How many cities, uh, well, let me back up real quick. I don't know if you're part of the process, but how do you pick what cities you go to? And, and how do you pick to go back to a city? That is correct. That is way over my pay grade. My friend. We got, we got the people that, 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 that do all this hard work and research. And, you know, um, a lot of these cities that, that want us, you know, they, they reach out to us and do all that. So luckily I don't have to be a part of that. Cause that would be just crazy. Um, but yeah, to last night was, was an epic night, not only for the bananas, but for, for the, the sport of banana ball. And, you know, the new team got announced the firefighters and, and then the, the, you know, big league parks that we're going to now. And then, yeah, Des Moines was, was obviously a, a great place for us to be. And there's a reason we're coming back. So it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Shark, appreciate it. Now you're a busy guy. Thank you for a couple of minutes here. And we cannot wait to see you back here coming up next September. Thanks again. Yes, sir. We're going to enjoy your weekend. And uh, just check out the banana socials as far as how to get those tickets, get on the waiting list, all that good stuff. We'll yeah. see you in Des Moines next September, my friend. September 6, 7, and 8. That is Shark. He is the voice of the Savannah Bananas. They are coming back for a three-game series against the firefighters, not the party animals, the firefighters. <laughs> That's going to be next year uh, coming up in September. Man, I had a lot more stuff to get to. I didn't have time. Have you seen the Big Ten schedules for 2024? It looks really weird when there's 18 teams. All right, we'll do that coming up next week. All right, don't forget, live sports all weekend here on ESPN. Des Moines, we got football, baseball, football tomorrow, football and baseball on Sunday. Just keep it here. Thanks for listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.